Welcome to Insightful Principles. This channel was designed to give you financial content in the areas of business, finance, and investing, while bringing entrepreneurial stories to the forefront in a transparent dialogue. Sit back and learn on how you can develop your financial wisdom and create a blueprint for financial freedom. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of Insightful Principles. My name is Kevin Jenkins, and you are now listening to episode 29. And in this episode, I'm going to discuss the 12 most common terms that you will hear in business, personal finance, and investing. For my viewers out there that are new to learning about finance, this is a video you can always refer to and also understand the terminology you will hear in the field of business. Even for people that are more knowledgeable in these subjects, this episode is for you as well. So let's get started. First term that you will hear when it comes to investing is dollar cost averaging. Uh, this terminology is so important because it's a great investment strategy for investors. All this means is you invest your money every month continually, regardless of the price. What this does is it creates a cadence for your money being put in the market at different periods. Rather than trying to time the market, this strategy allows an investor to take advantage of the fluctuations of the market if a fund or stock goes up or down. Since the stock market tends to rise over time, the goal of dollar cost averaging is to decrease the overall impact of volatility on the price of the asset as well as the price will change each time an investment is made. Therefore, the investment is not as highly subject to volatility. Now, the next term I want to discuss is asset allocation. This usually is broken down into three key areas with your investment portfolio. You will have stocks, bonds, and short-term debt. It may even be structured in some portfolios for high net worth individuals in, in alternative assets. And alternative assets would be like cryptocurrency or if your money is in the Forex market. Now, for those that may be watching my video for the first time, a stock is pretty much ownership you have with a company. Your ownership is represented in shares that you own in a specific company or an index or a mutual fund. Bonds is a debt instrument that represents a loan by an investor to, an, to a borrower. The borrower is usually the government or corporate and the bondholders are usually paid back the loan in a form of fixed or variable payments. Whenever you see short-term debt, when looking at your asset allocation, this is debt that can be converted into cash after a period of three to 12 months. So some examples of short-term debt include money market instruments, uh, CDs that you will see that are offered by many banking institutions, government bonds, or treasury bills. Now your asset allocation it's simply going to come down to your risk tolerance and your time horizon. And I got a chance to explain that briefly in episode 27 with Malik Barber. But pretty much with your risk tolerance, 
a person that's in their 20s, they're going to be heavily invested with their asset allocation in stocks. And let's say they may have 60, 80% in stocks and then 20% is going to be in bonds. And let's just say, or let's say that 80% is in stocks, uh, 10% is in bonds and then 10% is in short-term debt. You know, you would tend to see that type of asset allocation for someone that's a lot younger because they're able to take more risks and they're able to recover off of that volatility throughout the years. Rather than someone that's in retirement, they may have like 80% in bonds and 20% in stocks because their risk tolerance, they want to be able to keep more of their nest egg in their later part of the years. So that's what I mean when I say your risk tolerance and your time horizon just really depends on your age of how much volatility you're able to accept within the market. So you want to plan accordingly, but this is a great way to see a pie chart of where your assets are all, are allocated. On most brokerage websites, you'll be able to see your asset allocation. And I know I've mentioned it on previous episodes, for but... For people that are listening to this for the first time, your asset allocation, you have access to reviewing that information through any brokerage that you invest with online. Now, the third term with investing is a mutual fund. Uh, This is usually what your 401k, 403b, or 457 plan is invested in with your employer. A mutual fund is pretty much a pool of money from investors that invest into stocks and bonds. The purpose of this is to spread risk and most mutual funds are managed by a portfolio manager. In some cases, you know, just a a fund manager, just in general, that is going to uh, manage the funds. Now, the fourth term that relates to a mutual fund, this one correlates with, with that term is expense ratios. Now, this one is, is very important to pay attention to when you are analyzing your investments. Expense ratios are usually the cost of running your mutual fund. It's usually an annual fee and it's expressed as the expense ratio. And the expense ratio is usually the percentage of your money that goes to the managers of the mutual fund you are invested in. Now, the higher the expense ratio, the less money you'll make. The lower the expense ratio, the more money that you will make. So expense ratios, they cover a variety of of fund fees that are included, which are administrative and record keeping fees, as well as the marketing of the fund as well. Now, another term is an index fund. This is one that you'll also hear when it comes to investing. And this tends to be a popular method amongst investors because The fees are lower than most of the mutual funds and an index is simply a collection of stocks or bonds that mirror a slice of the economy. So for example, XLK is an index fund. Uh, uh, The acronym is is for the technology sector SBDR fund. It tracks the S&P 500 technology stocks. So by tracking the performance of a group of stocks, Indexes give investors a sense of how well the stock or bond market or a portion of it is doing. So this is very important. It's actually one of the more uh, 
safer routes for beginning investors to kind of get their feet wet with investing uh, index fund is is the best way to to get started now the sixth term is the uh prospectus this is where most of your research will come in uh this is the legal document that you'll also see on a brokerage website that gives you in-depth details about stocks bonds index or mutual funds you will see details such as the portfolio holdings investment objective and even the fund performance uh, those were some uh, common terms that I just discussed when going over investing. Now I want to give you some common terms in the field of business. Now, when it comes to business, especially I watch Shark Tank a lot. And one thing that I always hear from Kevin O'Leary or even uh, Mark Cuban, they, they always are asking, you know, what are your margins? You know, what are your gross margins? What are your profit margins? Uh, for all my entrepreneurs out there, you have to know your numbers, uh, specifically when it comes to your profit margin. Uh, this is one that you want to pay attention to because this measures your company's profitability. And the way you're able to calculate profit margin is simply subtracting all of your expenses from your revenue. And if the number is positive, your company made a profit. If it's negative, then the company operates at a loss. Now, the eighth term is the return of investment, also known as ROI. Uh, this is another term that you'll hear a lot of angel investors when you're doing crowdfunding. Um, when you are trying to describe uh, what your business has done over a sustained period of time, you want to be able to talk on your return of investment, your ROI, and this measures how an investment performs. Uh, you can calculate RI by dividing your company's net profit by the total investment multiplied by 100%. So, for example, let's say you made a $5,000 profit on a $15,000 investment. You will have a 33% return. So, tracking your return of investment, it allows you to evaluate the performance of your investment of what you have put into the business. Now, the ninth term that I wanted to go over in business is the cost of goods sold. This measures the cost associated with the goods you sell in your business. So, for example, let's say you had a restaurant business. Your cost of goods sold would include the ingredients and the condiments. The difference between your sales price and cost of goods sold determine how much money you keep as profit. Now, I wanted to wrap up the last three terms uh, common terms that you will hear by describing uh, some terms that you will hear in the finance field. So with the 10th term that you will tend to see is fintech. Now, I remember when I first heard this word in a podcast, I was like, what in the world is that? But all fintech is, is financial technology. And this term is used to describe new tech that seeks to enhance and automate the delivery and the use of financial services. I really look at FinTech as the innovation in the way people transact business from the invention of digital money to double entry bookkeeping. Now, some FinTech innovation developments over the, over the last 10 years is the use of cryptocurrency and digital cash. Uh, digital cash, and I know some of you may be asking what exactly is cryptocurrency uh cryptocurrency is really a peer-to-peer -peer 
transaction between uh, multiple parties without the intermediary of a bank. So it allows you to be able to transact in those transactions online and you don't necessarily need a third party or a central server, a bank, and you're able to exchange those currencies with other people online. So that's pretty much what it is in a nutshell. It's really what is taken out of the middleman. And it's also a concept that a lot of people feel that is going to eventually eliminate a lot of banks and just our, our current financial monetary system. And I'm going to have some future episodes discussing just blockchain and cryptocurrency. So definitely stay tuned for that. Now, another fintech development is also blockchain technology, which is the underlying technology that facilitates cryptocurrency. Now, Ethereum, which is another cryptocurrency, um, it also has been a major development when it comes to fintech. And when it comes to blockchain technology, it's simply a distributed ledger technology that maintains records on a network of computers, but it doesn't have a central server. So kind of like what I was mentioning about how cryptocurrency, it allows you to uh, make those transactions with not having a central server. Most of the currencies, cryptocurrencies are decentralized, meaning it's open source. It's more of an open banking system, but it's, it's not, it doesn't have the requirement of a bank approving a transaction like you would have if you're trying to send money to a family or friend. So that's kind of one thing to, to keep in mind when you're uh, trying to understand uh, this concept a little bit more and the next con the next term that I did want to go over that you're here in finance is customer acquisition costs. Um, I had someone reach out to me and they were asking me specifically, what does that mean? And pretty much what it does mean is this is the cost that evaluates the cost associated with persuading a customer to purchase your product or service. So to calculate customer acquisition costs, you would simply take your entire cost of sales and marketing over a given period of time and you want to divide it by the number of customers you acquire during that period. So this indicator is great when you're trying to analyze, okay, how are my marketing and my sales dollars going to work? Like how is this money actually facilitating customers to really purchase my products and services over a sustained period of time. So it's definitely important to look at your customer acquisition costs because you want to be able to evaluate if you're spending too much into it or looking at where you need to scale back at. But at the end of the day, you know, the more that you put into your marketing and to your sales process, that should lead to more sales. Now, the last term that I did want to go over, this is the 12th and final term is IPO. IPOs are so important when it comes to anything with finance and investing, you will hear this term. And what it stands for is initial public offering. Uh, this is the process when a company becomes public for the first time on a stock market and companies are usually private before they issue short shares to the primary market for the first time. And when I say primary market, I'm pretty much stating the 
the the current market that you see within the stock market, all of the different uh, the New York Stock Exchange, that is the primary market. Now, a company also has to meet the requirements by exchanges, by the exchanges, and also the Securities and Exchange Commission. Now, an IPO is usually an exit strategy for the company's founders and private investors that are looking to realize the full profit for them for, from their pri- private investment. Now, some IPOs, just to keep in mind for the year of 2020, I know before the year is over, there are some IPOs that are supposed to come out this month, which are Airbnb, which all of you already know, they have really done a great job this year as far as I know their numbers have been hit a little bit due to COVID, but as far as in the previous years, uh, they really have disrupted the hotel industry tremendously and i think that this is has the potential to be an explosive business uh with being in that uh vacation rental market and even just the market of people that are traveling to different cities they they really have created a niche for themselves and i I think that it's just a great online platform that connects users uh, seeking rental accommodations with prop property owners. So I think that, you know, it's always good to let the dust settle, so to speak, when a, when a company first IPOs, because you never want to get in on a high. And a lot of times when you have private investors that are involved, you want to make sure that you're not over, you're putting too much into this position where you lose your money right away as it IPOs, because it is going to be some pullback. So you always want to be mindful of that. Now, another company that is looking to IPO pretty soon here is DoorDash. Um, now, a lot of you know DoorDash. You know, I've, I've used DoorDash plenty of times uh, with just being working from home and wanting to order food from home and not be in a restaurant. Um, they have done a great job with just being able to provide food services, delivery services for customers during this quarantine time with COVID-19, with everyone being at home. I think DoorDash, you know, it's it's a great uh, potential uh, company to invest in, but I I know the price that it's IPOing at from uh, what I've read online, they're looking at more of a uh, $102 of a, a share price for the IPO, which I believe is pretty high for that company, but definitely stay tuned. I think that, you know, um, it's a great company to pay attention to. And the last company that I did want to mention that's looking to IPO here soon before the year is over is Roblox. Uh, Roblox. Uh, now, Roblox is a software company that operates as a video game platform. And I, I definitely think that this is a great potential with a lot of teenagers being on their phones, uh, a lot of, of the younger generation um, having more time at home and being uh, having schooling from home. Uh, I think that, you know, they have really created a platform where it's almost like an online version of Legos. It's more of a video game community where it also has some 3D uh, features on there as well, and I definitely think that Ro- Roblox is 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 a, is a great uh, just software 
a game a gaming company that you can invest in. So these are some companies that you know I you know outline that you should definitely pay attention to when it comes to the IPOs. And you know, I hope you all got some great insight on just the 12 most common terms that you will hear in finance, business, and investing. Um, as always, if you all can please leave a review on this podcast, uh, please rate it. And also, if you can share it amongst your family and friends, um, that would be greatly appreciated. And also subscribe. There is a subscribe option on this podcast so you can be able to get continual updates as I drop content for you all uh, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. And then also, I want to tell you all, if you all can please support my Patreon page, uh, my Patreon It allows me to be able to create exclusive content specifically for my supporters of Insightful Principles. And I have some great early access episode tiers on there as well as additional content with saving, investing, um, being able to build your net worth, uh, being able to eliminate bad debt. Uh, A lot of great tiers on there for that. And then just also... Uh, my mastermind community group, you know, one thing I feel is that iron sharpens iron. And if we're able to build each other, uh, that's going to allow us to be able to build generational wealth over time. So definitely connect with me on my Patreon page. Once again, I will put all of this information in my link tree in the show notes. So you all can be able to have access to that information. And I did want to tell you all, thank you so much for listening to this video. I hope you were able to get some more insight and principles with being able to build a blueprint for financial freedom for yourselves. And I want to tell you all, thank you so much and take care.